0: Hello, and thank you for downloading the weekly curio podcast, the science-y podcast that you listen to on the walking thing while you watch CNN at the gym. It's called The Treadmill, The the Treadmill, treadmill, treadmill. The Walking Thing. I've turned into my father now. (laughs) The Walking Thing at the place with the guy with the pit. I'm the Whip Theater's Tom Britton. And I'm College
1: of Curiosity's Jeff Wagg.
0: And in addition to early-onset dementia, (laughs) we begin each weekly curio... With the first half of our puzzle.
1: Well, it's fairly demented. All right, (laughs) here we go. A bridge can hold exactly 10,000 pounds. A truck weighing exactly 10,000 pounds makes it halfway across. And then a sparrow weighing one ounce lands on its hood.
0: But the bridge doesn't collapse. Why not? Are bananas radioactive? And if so. Are they more radioactive than Brazil nuts?
1: They are radioactive, but are they more radioactive than Brazil nuts? That depends on where the Brazil nuts came from. Yes, so. if the
0: Brazil nuts came from Brazil, yes. then they might be equal to bananas and radioactivity. But if the Brazil nuts came from outside Brazil, yep. and we found a really, really nice video yeah, we'll of win. a very, very affable gentleman presenting the idea of radioactivity in a broader perspective on the street yes a British feller yeah Who? with a table full of stuff and a Geiger counter
1: <laughs> radioactive stuff it was kind of fascinating so he uh, he does this uh, he did this basically hey come up here do you, you know I've got these objects on the table which do you think is the most radioactive and these are things in your your home so you know um,
0: we got a up, glass piece yeah a glass a, like vase or yeah, something they made it yep uh, salt Salt, iodized salt. Well, because was, that's something to throw. Or non-iodized salt. It was um, Sorry, non-iodized. It was
1: salt. low sodium salt. So salt is sodium chloride. Right. And, and the way they make low sodium chloride, uh, low sodium salt, is they get rid of some of the sodium chloride and put in potassium chloride,
0: which has a radioactivity. Potassium to is it.
1: slightly radioactive. Same ingredient in bananas. Smoke detector. Smoke detectors work with radioactivity. That, See that I
0: did know yeah. when he pulled it out. And what does he ask you? He says, "Okay, radioactive or not." Right. and they show a few clips back-to-back of people guessing one or the other, and he moves it to one side of the table or not. Right. So then at the end of his demonstration, he goes, okay, you said all these things were radioactive, because yep. someone like may, me may be a little smarty pants, and I happen <laughs> to know the smoke detectors, yeah. but I put it on that side. Then he goes through with his Geiger counter and explains not only is this low-sodium salt radioactive, mm-hmm. as is this banana, but he explains briefly why, Yep. and the... One that's in the smoke detector can't even pierce paper. Right. Those radioactive particles are very yeah. safe because they're housed.
1: Yeah. If you take a look at your smoke detector, open it up and you'll see a radiation symbol on there. It's um, americium 134, I think, is the isotope. But uh, yeah, it's radioactive.
0: Whoop de doo. It is and that's familiar. important for people to understand, is yeah. that, that some radioactivity, it's not all created equal. Absolutely not. And know. this video does a really good job of demonstrating that. And then also showing that not all nuclear waste is equal seems to kind of be his point at the end. Right. He where a, he shows you, you know, he says, yeah, the nuclear rods would be a problem. Yes. If this were nuclear waste, it would not be. It would, in fact, and he puts it on the table, he says in between the salt and the banana, for example. Right. He puts it in between two things and says, look, this glass vase is more radioactive than this nuclear waste material would be. And it's important if you're going to get people to ever build reactors again Mm -hmm. to understand that we know the parts that are really dangerous and make three-eyed fish in The Simpsons, and we know the parts that you could live on top of for a million years and your bananas have a better chance of mutating you. Which is History. why I eat seventy-five bananas a day <laughs> yeah. and hope to gain claws from my hands and a mutant <laughs> healing factor.
1: The um the nuclear waste thing was interesting because modern nuclear technology, which we don't see because we haven't built a nuclear power plant in like thirty has years. Has anyone uh, well, like we say weed? Some. You mean Americans? The Americans haven't done anything right. for thirty years. Uh, France has some. I think they're actually the leaders now because something like twenty-five percent of their power comes from nuclear. I mean, look that number up. I'm I heard sure. I heard a higher
0: number, yeah. so definitely Google it. it's that.
1: a lot, and um. But you know that anything that's radioactive enough to be dangerous is also radioactive enough to generate power. So the new reactors they don't that's not waste anymore. It's reused. They they transfer it into a different kind of reactor and suck more They're power out of it. They're
0: recycling the nuclear yeah. waste.
1: And the stuff that is too low radiation to actually be useful, that's the crap that this guy had in a bucket actually. Well, watch the video, you'll see. But um, it isn't really that dangerous.
0: They use it until it's almost inert, or compared to a a banana, it's inert. For all intents and purposes, if I'm not worried about that salt and that banana, I should not be worried about this particular type of of nuclear waste, which is the majority of it. Yeah. The the rods and such, they're smaller in number and in size, and we could launch them into space and be rid of them, send them to the sun. Where they join their brothers in a giant nuclear puddle right, yeah. that powers our entire planet. Although that's fusion, not fission. Different yeah, true, fair, right. yeah. So here's some
1: other things. Uh, you have granite countertops at home? Guess what? They're probably radioactive. If you took a Geiger counter to them, they would be... <sighs> And Penn Station uh, in New York, made of granite. Yep. Very radioactive, as it turns out. A little bit more radioactive than your granite, granite countertops. Why? Because granite is a it's an igneous mineral. It's made out of a bunch of different things, and one of those things can be uranium. Uh, we talked about Brazil nuts. The other thing, this one's a little interesting, and it's not one that's in the video. If you were ever in Boy Scouts or you've done a lot of camping and you used a gl- gas lantern, you ever done yes, that? Yes, I did. The
0: two. And you put the little pouches. cloth bags.
1: Right, those cloth bags. So you light them on fire first to make them into ash, and then they light. And they're very, very bright. Well, that's because they're radioactive. They are actually, I don't know the isotope, but there's a radioactive isotope in those that fluoresces when they get super hot. And that bright light isn't just burning gas. It's partially radioactive. So they're, um, they're really high up there. Like, they're beyond bananas, but they're not... You're not eating these things. There's
0: a big margin between banana and Godzilla.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot there. Right. Yeah, and you point that out in the video. If 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 a banana is one hundred, uh, you know, nuclear radiation from a bomb is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. It's an enormous spectrum. So, um, so yeah, you you encounter radiation every day in life. Here's something in your house that's not radioactive. You ready? Microwave ovens
0: it's radio right
1: it's it's radiation or radar or but something? it's it's ra- it's closer to radar um it is giving off radi oops sorry it is giving off radiation that is making water molecules move quickly and that generates heat but the sun is radiation my voice that you're hearing now that your 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 eardrums are experiencing radiation it's called sound it it's a huge spectrum so you know And we don't know it. I don't know.
0: I'm a nerd. I don't know this stuff. Like it's. I knew the microwave was radio because this may be an episode of Wrong one day. (laughs) But the way the guy discovered it was the chocolate bar in his pocket. He was working on radar. So those apocryphal stories, true or not, are how I know about radiation. And then Godzilla Mm -hmm. and Mechazilla and uh, (laughs) what is it? Uh, Gamma radiation makes you turn green and gigantic. So you know the words bad. from yeah. just
1: nerd craft. <laughs> the ones that are, the, I have a friend who was the uh, radiologic officer for uh, Vermont, and he's told me all kinds of stories. And the basic line is this. You want to be afraid of things that give off ionic um, ionizing radiation. I apologize. Ionizing radiation. That's the dangerous stuff. That's the thing that sends particles into your body that breaks apart your DNA that causes mutation. It's pretty rare stuff. You You don't encounter it every day. So You've seen the documentaries about the radium girls. You've seen this, the, the, the girls who painted the... Licking
0: the, yeah, the paintbrush pa- as they did it.
1: Watches used to glow, and it was because they were radioactive. And, and they
0: still glow, but now for a
1: different reason. Yeah, yeah, now they store light and release it very slowly. So, But the girls who were doing this painting actually had horrible diseases because they didn't know. That was the bad kind of radiation. Now we know... That stuff isn't used anymore, and it's pretty safe. So even the Fukushima disaster, which is absolutely horrible that all that happened, as far as a health issue, uh, there is an awful lot of hype out there, but nobody in the U.S.
0: has anything to worry about for it. Why would you name candy after a chicken? <laughs> well, there's a very good reason. So Let's we, first explain yeah, what, we, this what this is, because this is a very uniquely American, and maybe even be regional American. It, might be. it I don't know if West Coast listeners would have an idea. I've
1: never received this particular candy as a Halloween item,
0: but it's called a it's called a Chicko stick. Chick dash o dash stick. Chick-o stick. I grew up in the deep south mm-hmm. of the United States. So Louisiana, Alabama, spent time in Atlanta, Georgia, excuse me, yeah. and Florida. Pretty, south, so pretty deep Very, south. very deep south. Yeah. And the part of Florida I was in was the southern bit, which is the northern Florida. Right, exactly. Yeah. Southern Florida is Yankee, northern Florida is south. That's exactly right. And that all over the place. So I mm. do know at least that region has Chico Sticks, because yep. as a kid, one of my favorites. Yep. If Absolutely. you've ever had the American Butterfinger, yes. take the chocolate off, change the shape a little denser. But it's that peanut buttery, crunchy yep. thing and a little bit, now add a little bit of toasted coconut on the outside. Very fine. And uh, it, But you taste it, but there's no texture. Yeah. It's a flavor, it's a stick, and it's a cheap candy, which is why I think yep. I initially fell in love with it, because I could, you know, for a dime each, so I could take my dollar and get a volume of candy. Right. Right. And you still see them at the dollar stores here in the U.S. Yep. But why would you name it the?
1: It's a terrible name. It is. So there's the Chico some, Stick. There's some theories. Uh, the original. The, so there's an official story from the company, which is in Texas. They still make these things. And their story is that it looks like a stick of chicken. I mean, it literally does. If if you saw one of these things and there was no label on it, you would think it was some new chicken tender from Kentucky. If Fried you've chicken seen or a something. Cheeto.
0: A, a straight cheeto. <laughs> it's yeah. It's that color though. It's that unnatural yeah. orangish red. You you wouldn't think this would be like good a sunset <laughs> made of chemicals.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks. It does look very chemical. Now, I love these things. I'm a big fan. I do too. Uh, there was another reason. Uh, somebody else said though, the guy just liked the name, whatever. But there's another reason that this would be called this that I, I don't think the company either wants to admit to or knows about even. But that is during the depression candy bars were marketed as health food and also as meal replacements. So there was a very famous candy bar that I've never seen. I'm I'm pretty sure it's been gone for 40 years called Chicken Dinner. (laughs) It was (laughs) called Chicken Dinner. And it was, they, they had trucks shaped like chickens driving around, try chicken dinner. And it was, it tasted nothing like chicken. It was chocolate and nougat. It was like a Three Musketeers. But it was supposed to give you the nutrition and health of a chicken dinner. And this is at a time when people had no food. Uh, you see this in film. Chicken dinner Dude. was a dream. Right. You see this in film. If you ever watch um, a lot of old, old movies, like an old, old Charlie Chaplin movies even, food is a big theme because yes. people would go to the movies to and see And accidentally food.
0: stumbling into yes. free food is a common thing. The Very tramp common. gets mistaken for a rich man and taken out to a dinner, Absolutely. or he stumbles into a buffet, or he... Falls into a cake factory. It's a big, big plot point. It
1: goes all the way up to Lucille Ball. I I mean, how many times did that plot line happen? The chocolate factory, for example. So what the marketing people realized this, and they were like, well, people can't afford a chicken dinner for lunch, but they can afford 10 cents for a candy bar. Let's give them the idea that this is just as good as that.
0: And we had no FDA, FTC, no, I mean, say whatever you want. It, Cocaine but... cures hangovers. Yeah.
1: It took a while your for Your chicken
0: dinner. Your children should be smoking at least two packs a day. <laughs> yep.
1: Well, and they had a they, you will see this that you were supposed to have candy bars at 10 and 3 and they had clocks. They would give clocks to factories, you know, 10 o'clock it's time for your candy bar. Three Dr. Pepper started with that. What yeah. 10 oh, that's right. 2 and that's 6 right. or something yep, and they, they had a clock. Too.
0: And if you ever play poker, there's a Dr. Pepper variant of poker where those are the wild cards. <laughs>
1: They marketing people are very clever, but my belief, and I, I have not hundred percent documented this, is that's where Chico Stick got their name. They came a little later than that stuff, but what they are is the only surviving candy that I know of that still has the dinner theme. And uh, hey, they're really good, actually. If I had one to give you right now over the radio, I
0: would. And the snozberries really <laughs> taste, taste like, like snozberries. Who ever heard of a snozberry? From StudioRusgod.net. Uh Rus Just we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Comes a video about the smart highway. And the gentleman in this video makes a very strong point very early on. That our cars have evolved, our bikes have evolved, our buses and trains, particularly trucks we talked yeah. about in an episode, yep. evolved. The roads are still from the Middle Ages, the seventeen hundreds. Our highways don't change.
1: Yeah, it's the you know, the stuff you see on highways, especially up north, down south they tend to use a little bit more concrete, especially like in Arizona. But uh, we use tar McAdam, it's called. It's just asphalt, which you know, tar and gravel, and that's it. And we've been doing this forever, and um,
0: our roads are dumb. We have dumb roads. We do. He points out the lights are always on or yeah. there's no lights. Right. Why can't we put a little solenoid or some other like a motion detector in there mm-hmm. and the lights would follow you? down the road, yeah, I mean, which would also serve as a speed limit sign.
1: That's true. would
0: say, hey, this is how fast you're supposed to be going, and if you're on an unfamiliar highway and the lights want you to slow down, they could communicate that yep. to you and it's your choice, but hey, we want you to do 45 miles per hour because construction's coming up. Right. The lights along the roadway could tell you that, and that's not complicated technology. No, we that's have that. That's tech we settled in the 50s, 60s.
1: Yeah, we definitely have that. But we
0: haven't implemented it. We no. still have these very dumb, and not just in this country. There is no country with light up pathways all over the place. Right. I mean, with st- roads that tell you when
1: they're too cold. You see it in warehouses and some hotels, even like a lot of modern hotels now. You walk in the room, and the room is smart. It says, Oh, there's yeah. someone here now. Air conditioning turns on, and you know, what maybe the lights will turn on in the hallway that you need to go down. Roads can do that too. And if you've ever looked at that night map of the world, the reason you can see where the United States is, is because we're sending all this light into space, lighting up these
0: highways for no reason. He points out he paints a snowflake on the road, and that snowflake would become visible when the road hits a certain temperature.
1: And imagine that. The road's about to freeze, and suddenly it's covered with snowflakes. I mean, not not Big big icons. Yeah, icons
0: of snowflakes in the road. A warning that says, you know, watch for hydroplaning, watch for black ice, watch for whatever hazards you have, and particularly Nordic countries, and in Canada, and up in Alaska where road hazards can be a little quicker for freezing. Here, you know, this part of the country, this part of the world, we need a little more warning, it's going to freeze or not. We know other parts of the world, the freezing can be much less predictable.
1: It is, Of course, you have the bridge problem, too. It can be 35 on the road and it's wet, but that bridge is at 31 and it's frozen solid. This technology could warn you and say, hey, you're driving on ice now, don't be a jerk.
0: And now we have something to champion, because until I saw this video... I didn't think about it. Yes, of course I should be annoying my senator and Congress people to update the roads. To at least start pilot projects to see if you can spend a little money now and save a lot of money and resources for our future generations. If lighting can be a little bit more intelligent, and honestly, adding a motion detector. That's all it is. It's not that high of a bar, and it might save us money, or at least I'd like to know. I'd well, like a study to come out that says it actually turns out I nah, didn't save any money. Yeah,
1: you do the studies, of course. Now, you know, our, our roads in this country, like actually in many countries, are are falling apart. I mean, American infrastructure is horrible right now. And we talked about that synthetic concrete a few episodes ago. Yep. So my thought is they're gonna be rebuilding the roads anyway. Let's not do what we've been doing for the last hundred years. Or let's years. at
0: least have a better plan. A right. So yeah, next time you annoy your congressperson, your senator Annoy them about the roads as well, or at least get them working towards surely universities out there have grants on the table yep. that they would love funding for. And you're not just wasting money here. I really do think in the long run we can save our grandkids money. Because we know That's our right. grandparents and great grandparents are the ones who put the roads on the roads up yeah, that we enjoy Eisenhower. today. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't heard of Phineas Gage, I can't imagine. You haven't taken psychology, you haven't taken biology. That must be it. You either went to a trade school or you haven't gone to or didn't go to college yet. But I think I heard about him in high school because I didn't take any real psych classes at all. I think I heard about him as a curiosity, as a trivia piece. Yeah. If you don't know the story, I'll do a short version because I I do believe almost everyone's heard this. A railroad worker who was a foreman, part of his job was to put dynamite into holes or to put gunpowder into holes and he used a rod to do it an iron rod picture big an one. iron walking stick Yeah, it's large too when I saw the photos I didn't realize how big it was pointed on one end as he's tamping it down it explodes sending that rod through his face yeah. and more importantly through a bit of his brain yep. through the prefrontal lobe there the yeah. cortex yep. the front bit which is the part that controls what we now know they didn't know this back then 1848's when that happens yep So minor 49er out there, putting in the railroad, connecting the country, boom. And now we know that prefrontal cortex, a lot of judgment, a lot of decision-making, a lot of empathy seems to be linked there. And because he supposedly changed as a person.
1: Yeah, that was the big thing. After this incident happened, he became a different person. This is the the legend. uh, 182. Good with money becomes
0: bad with money. So not a slight slip. Uh, very gentlemanly well behaved starts to curse starts to speak inappropriately I guess back then 1849 so he's (laughs) speaking of delicate things amongst the lady folk (laughs) but he knew not he knew the social rules of his day and then suddenly didn't right so suddenly he's discussing things they judged less appropriate in that area wasn't a drinker became a drinker well it turns out that a lot of this could be or is complete bunk yeah and we don't know as much about Phineas Gage as we were taught. The story seems to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And here's an example of scientists building a myth.
1: Yeah. It...
0: Generation after generation after generation.
1: Now, I've seen his skull. So I you know I can tell you there's no question that the incident with the rod happened. This rod went basically in his cheek and out the top of his head, right behind his eye. Made and up... took out
0: his eye. He yeah, had his eyes sewn so shut. Gone, right. The eye was gone the rest of his life. And, uh, Still
1: there, but useless. He... He, uh, he was severely damaged by this and lived. I mean, that alone is a big story.
0: And at the time, uh, apparently yeah. from the story, what they can figure out that is true is when it happened, he claims to have never lost consciousness. Yeah. And witnesses on the scene verified that. And there's okay. enough of that story laying around where it seems that's true. Though yeah. at this point, I'm questioning everything yeah. about the guy. <laughs> he was awake. They put him on the buggy. They took him a mile and a half down the road. He was conscious. With sitting and up. bone. and uh, Bone coming out of a hole in the top of his head and a left eye that's blind, blood everywhere. Sits in the waiting room waiting for the doctor to arrive. Doctor comes over and even makes a deadpan joke. He says, here's <laughs> no business better. enough for you. <laughs> yeah. Put Quite funny. Together. They clean out the bone. Now he gets a fungal infection yep. and starts... But during the procedure, he was awake and cognizant. When his family arrived, he recognized them, which yeah. is huge.
1: And it, looking at this, I—he f- lost a couple teeth too, and I'm thinking that's yep. probably where most of the pain was. There's no, there's no—you yeah. don't feel pain in your brain, fortunately, and your scalp even. I wouldn't think would be too much, but, but I can, so I can imagine him just sitting there with his whole—I just
0: his head's hanging out of its head. I just, <laughs> and then he, and then so he lost a bit of brain matter there. Yeah. Remarkable that it didn't seem to be important at the time. Yeah, well, we got he had start. all the faculties you would imagine. However, then he got an infection, Yes, fungal infection. That took out a lot of brain. Yep. As they cleaned that wound, he started uh, hallucinating. He started having seizures. He started panicking. Yeah, it.
1: our cleaning a wound and their cleaning a wound. Very different things. Different. This is yeah, the doctor went theory.
0: in both sides like Chinese finger cuffs yeah. to clean the wound. And who knows how much hand washing was involved None. between cleanings. 1849, you do what yeah. you got to do. Now, the story goes that then all of these Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde start happening. Mm -hmm. It appears now that they then stopped happening. So it's Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, Dr. Jekyll.
1: Right. Yes.
0: That we heard he became very reckless. He became a womanizer. He left his wife. some of this might have been true, or it may have been a moment because brain tissue we now know grows back. It can depending on where it's yeah, at and, and the severity of the damage.
1: And it can compensate damaged parts. Yes. You know, undamaged parts will compensate for damaged parts sometimes. he
0: got a job in South America. Yeah. Kind of As a stagecoach operator.
1: Yeah, not and, not easy.
0: Yeah, and in the article, this is a slate.com article we'll throw up. But if you if you search Finish gauge on in slate.com, you'll find it. It's a very nice article, too including derogatypes of Phineas Gage and the various doctors and mm-hmm. people important to his world they explain stagecoat op- stagecoach operation Imagine that you've got each finger connected to one wheel of your car <laughs> right and you've got to manipulate high digital manipulation and you've got to be on time or you're fired right. so that lack of responsibility drunkard womanizing cursing guy, would not have this job. Also, it's a fairly well-paying job for that reason, mm-hmm. because there is a barrier to entry. So they would have fired him. Yeah, there's a lot riding on him. It's, pardon that pun. It was it, it's certainly a much more doesn't fit. Doesn't no. fit.
1: Imagine a modern truck driver. Now, if you've never been in an eighteen-wheeler, they're they're not like driving a pickup truck. They've got sixteen gears in some cases, and, you, and there it is different than driving a car. But you know, if if somebody's a truck driver, you assume they're of average intelligence and you know reasonable person. What this guy was doing is... And dexterity. And dexterity. Manual dexterity as well. This guy was significantly more dexterous and skilled than a modern truck driver. And that
0: doesn't fit with the narrative we've been given. That was part of the damage. And here's a great example as you read this article. So leaving aside for a moment, Phineas Gage, how did this happen? Well, part of it's the fun name. (laughs) Usually it's Patient X. Yeah, right. But we know this guy's name. We don't know that. We hear about the experiments with the doctor's name, right? You know, the the doctor Munchausen's experiment or the doctor mm-hmm. so and so's experiment. We hear about that or the university, the Iowa Haskins experiment. Oh, right. But yes. we never hear the name of a guy or a girl who went through this. Phineas Gage is fun to say. I remember the name from I don't remember tenth grade. Yeah, oh, forty one yeah. years old. Why would I remember that? I don't remember who I dated in high school. Why would I remember mm-hmm. this guy's name? So it's part of it is that it's a good base for apocrypha. Right. It's a good base for bs to be built on. Then you've got traumatic brain injury and then Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde happens. He leaves his wife. That's a great He's story. hard drinking. It's a great movie. Yep. Unfortunately, it it's not a movie. It's supposed to be a lesson in how the brain works and it might not have ever happened. Well,
1: but but the impact of it did happen. This this incident happened at just the right time for modern medicine to start examining this and it was the this was the beginning of true brain science where people started to get the idea, oh, the brain does things that are important and different parts will do different things. And because they believed the legend of this story, people started doing studies about other people with brain injuries and that was the basis for us having our modern map of parts of the brain and what they. Well, do. it's the same
0: way chemistry no. comes from alchemist, alchemy. you know, it, there's no reason you can't start at a base of of woo, a base sure. of, of BS, and and just move away from it over the years. Unfortunately, sometimes it travels with you further right. than it probably should have.
1: A good story is hard to kill, but uh, we're that's why we're here. You know, we will
0: kill your good stories for you <laughs> if, if we can. Our continuing series, our only continuing series, (laughs) called Wrong! Wrong. Things about which we were incorrect. Someone the other day, and I mean four or maybe five days ago, told this as fact. And I hadn't read it recently enough, so I just sort of nodded. There was never a bill to make German the official language of the United States, defeated by one vote in the House. (laughs) nor has it ever been proposed at a state level. In 1974, a petition from a group of German immigrants was put aside on a procedural vote of 42 to 41. And that would have had the government publish some laws in German. Publish some laws in German, losing by one vote on a procedural vote. You can Google that. That's a whole different. That's a sub, (laughs) sub, 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 sub level. This is the basis of the Muhlenberg legend named after the Speaker of the House at the time, Frederick Muhlenberg, a German speaker who abstained from this vote. So the vote to maybe make some laws in German, which sounds reasonable to me. We print yeah, stuff in Spanish all the time. a German in community, yeah. In Quebec, into French. It's yeah. fine. You do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The street signs in Detroit are all in Polish right. still. Yeah. Yeah, you fit with the name. But a procedural vote defeated by one about that, Everyone else is wrong.
1: Yeah, some politician probably turned that into a story. This is the guy who tried to make German your language. Don't vote for him. Yeah, that's how things go. (laughs) An attack ad from that era. Exactly, that's right.
0: Muhlenberg wants to make German the official language (laughs) of some laws. Todd Smith doesn't even speak German. Vote Todd Smith.
1: (laughs) That would be exactly what happened, I'm sure. All right, so you may have heard that on the vernal equinox or the autumnal equinox, you can balance an egg.
0: On the news every Abria. year, they have people in time. a parking lot.
1: Well, here's the trick. Uh, you can always balance an egg. It isn't easy, but on those days that you're supposed to be able to do it, people try harder. But I'm going to give you the secret. You will always be able to balance an egg if you first salt table. Don't salt that, yeah. the egg, salt the table. Those little crystals of salt on the table that no one will notice, if you can just find one, that will be enough to get your egg balanced. Do
0: you know, I've also heard the version that if you can spin it, like yes. put it in a sock and spin it, then the yolk settles to one yep. side, then you use that side and that little bit of weight. Again, still not easy. No, it takes a But I've bit. never tried that. I've read that my entire life as like a Cool little magic-y science trick to fool your friends. They can't balance their eggs, and, and you can balance yours.
1: There's another thing with the egg. As the egg ages, the inside changes, and older eggs balance better. Boil things, it, you know. and boiling that'd it helps be easy. Too. But the and salt crack thing one is side a good. little bit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Magnets. And finally, we thank you for listening to and downloading the Weekly Curio Podcast. If you can, tell a friend. We're almost at two dozen listeners. Two dozen. Two dozen. I'm, I'm counting my dog, my cat, and I do own a lot of fish. <laughs> but they hear it live right, here in the room, it. so I, I count them for advertising purposes. Uh, <laughs> until the next episode, I am the whip, Theatres Tom Britton.
1: And I'm College of Curiosities Jeff Wagg.
0: And now, the answer
1: to our weekly puzzle. A bridge can hold exactly 10,000 pounds. A truck weighing exactly 10,000 pounds makes its, makes its way halfway across the bridge and then a sparrow weighing one ounce lands on the hood. Why doesn't the bridge collapse? The answer is the truck burned over an ounce's worth of gas to get to the middle of the bridge, thus compensating for the weight of the sparrow.